You are listening to another episode of the Hey Social Babes podcast. My name is Brittany Megan, and I will be your host. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, social babes, welcome back to the podcast. I am super freaking excited for today's episode, and I am totally fangirling right now because today we have Jessica, who is also known as the blonde man on Instagram. She's been creating beauty and lifestyle content, focusing on her ability to connect with her audience through raw tutorials and storytelling. Guided by her vulnerability, she strives to build beauty from the inside out while creating a community built on trust and long lasting internet friendships. I've been following Jessica. Jessica for what feels like forever. This is like a totally like crazy moment for me. So we're going to dive right into this. Hey girl, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good. I'm fangirling, but I'm good. (laughs) No, I think this is incredible. And I'm so excited to be part of this podcast right now. I know you've been working really hard on it and I'm very excited for this conversation. (laughs) We're so excited to have you girl. And it's such an honor. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your day just to be here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself and how you got started as the beauty therapist that you are and lifestyle coach known as the blonde man. I started with those terms as half jokingly, but now I truly feel like I've embodied a beauty therapist and lifestyle coach. I started my journey, oh my gosh, years ago when the love of makeup came into my life. And back then I thought I was going to be the next Pat McGrath. (laughs) Obviously that didn't end up happening, but I started posting online. I was working at Mac at the time and getting my business degree and everything just started blossoming online. And I honestly, that's exactly where it started and how I became who I am today. I mean, if it wasn't for just posting online and tagging some brands, I don't think I'd be sitting here chatting with you, but it was this incredible growing experience where I didn't know exactly what social media was to start, which I think a lot of us can agree with. You don't get online thinking, oh, I'm going to be a social media influencer. Back then, I didn't even know what that term meant. And of course, now it's something that's so commonly used. It's almost a double-edged sword because of the fact that it kind of comes off as sometimes negative. Is it wrong for me to say that? I don't know. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I feel like when I talk to people and I say, hey, I'm an influencer, it's this weird silence of, oh, okay. And I wish that there wasn't that association towards the entire community, especially with, you know, the drama and everything thing that's happened over the last couple of years in beauty, but it's been such a blessing. I absolutely love what I do. And now moving in almost turning 27 in a couple of weeks, I'm starting to blossom into a little bit more of self-love and that kind of journey and bringing that to my online presence. And it's been incredible to say the least to see a community come together and be so honest and have these real conversations that I feel I'm making a difference and that in and around itself, it's just a blessing for me. I'm very, very thankful to be in the position that I'm in. That is so amazing. And it's just so cool because being somebody who's followed you for a little while, like I've seen that transition on your page where it was really like strictly beauty, like polish, like everything was perfect to like you opening up, really showing like the raw side of yourself. I remember you doing these stories and you're like, my brand manager is telling me that I need to be more like real on here. And I was (laughs) dying. I was like, this is literally like, it's so funny, but we've come into this space in this like online world where now people are not so worried about being like glam all the time, picture perfect all the time. Like it's okay to be yourself. And like, that's what keeps your audience the closest to you because they feel like they can relate to you, right? 
Oh, absolutely. And now that I've kind of done this shift, I notice how powerful vulnerability can be. And I feel personally, it's contributed to a great amount of my success because being so real and having those honest conversations, especially on this growing, you know, digital age where we're constantly consuming media and not all of it is as picture perfect, literally as it looks. I think a lot of the times we're not showing the darker parts of what happens in life and the mental health effects that it can have on that are detrimental, truly. Like I have gone through way too many times, I'm sure you can totally relate to this and feel connected to this, is that social media just, it's just one of those things that it almost feels fake in a way. Does that make sense, Britt? I don't know. Yeah, a hundred percent because you're seeing everyone's highlight reels. So like we're programmed to think and like, this goes back to like the beginning of like fashion magazines before like body positivity was like so out there. It's like, if you don't look a certain way, if your life doesn't look a certain way, then you feel like you're missing out. You feel like your life sucks. And in reality, like all we're seeing is people's highlight reels. Absolutely. And by the way, like just beauty in general, that's, that's fine and dandy. Like I get it. Not everyone is going to show every worst parts of themselves online. Like I get that. It takes not even, I don't even think it's a sense of bravery, but some people just don't want to air their laundry, so to speak online. And, you know, speaking to the fact of you bringing up, you know, when I was under management and being more real and authentic online, That was also a double-edged sword because at the exact same time of me being so open, it was also the result of some brands not wanting to work with me because I was being so vulnerable online and talking openly about mental health. And that kind of triggered me to think, oh, so if I'm open about the things I'm passionate about and something that I'm getting a great response to online that people are invested in that want me to talk about, but they don't want to, they don't want to work with me because of it. That hit me hard because as a businesswoman, you can imagine like, that sucks to hear that, to know that you can be putting out all of this really, really engaging content that your viewers want to hear. And then at the exact same time, brands not wanting anything to do with that because it's a controversial subject. And that sucks. That really sucks that it's still in 2020, almost 2021, that that's the case, that mental health is still such a taboo topic. That is so crazy. And as you're saying that I have like chills because it's like, how is that even a thing? And I feel like, first of all, I want to say whatever brand didn't want to work with you, like shame (laughs) on them, girl. Like it is their loss. I'm not going to name names. I won't name names. If if they don't want to work with me because of the fact that I'm talking a little bit more about my mental health and the struggles that I go through, then that's not a brand that I personally want to identify with anyway. As soon as I started realizing that, I just left any, any other time. I didn't even care. I really didn't care if any other brand felt the same way. And sooner than later, I felt that the brands were reaching out because I was being open and honest. And that was just one of those things that you can't put this judgment on someone just because they want to be open online. I think that we need to have more of that. I mean, we have creators like Sarah, the Bird's Papaya, who just are incredible, incredible leaders, so to speak, in this community at this point, right? Like we need more people who are that authentic and who are being so open online in order for us all to get back to what social media was supposed to be about, which was connection and family and and feeling part of a community, you know, like it's it's turned into something completely different now. And I'm hoping that, in fact, I think with, you know, the C word, COVID, people are starting to understand that we need this to bring each other together. Did you watch that uh, show on Netflix? Which one? It's called, oh my God, is it called The Social Dilemma? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) It is, firstly, 
for the people listening, must see if you have Netflix. It was such a great documentary and I thought it was a good representation of what social media has kind of transmuted into. And it's not necessarily all sunshine and roses, <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. And it's, it was, wow, that, that was an amazing documentary that showcased how powerful social media can be, but also how negative it can end up being too. A hundred percent. And it just kind of puts things into perspective because we don't realize we're like on autopilot. Mm -hmm. We don't even realize how many times we open our phone to Instagram during a day. Like it's a crazy number. (laughs) Wait, firstly, what's your, what's your daily hours? Do you check it? Oh my God, girl. It's so bad. And I think it's even worse because I'm running multiple accounts. So I have my account, my business account, social babes call and the podcast. So like when you add everything together, girl, it's like nine, 10 hours a day. Same. Like, okay. I was like, am I abnormal? <laughs> no, it's so bad. <laughs> but by the way, if you think about it, if you do think about it in terms of being in an office and someone who works like, you know, your regular nine to five in a seated office, they're probably staring at their computers and probably, you know, a good five, six hours a day, regardless of if it's not on the computer, it's on their phone, talking on the phone, whatever it is. So I don't think it's abnormal. What I do think though, is that We just need to be a bit more conscious of how we're consuming those hours because I can guarantee you, and let me know if I'm incorrect with this, but some of those hours are probably just spent like scrolling, not necessarily doing quote unquote work. And it can be hard to separate your business life from your personal life, from your social, like just interacting online and in terms of the blonde man and being so active on Instagram all the time some of my friends they they text me and they go like you know like where are you what are you doing and I'm going I'm on my phone but I'm not like on my phone if that makes right. sense like I take forever sometimes to text back I don't know if you're the same and then they're like you just post on Instagram I'm like but I'm working like, it's so true <laughs> like the realest thing that I've heard girl you must feel bad but it's like it's no different than when somebody's at work and it's like they don't answer their text messages during the day. Like it's not like they're not on a computer and not on their phone doing a call or whatever, but it's like hard sometimes to put those boundaries and also be like, oh, but I'm working, but stick to actually working. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally feel that. That is so crazy. And it's it's so true. And I love that you brought this up because I feel like so many people are going to be listening and thinking like, oh yeah, like I'm guilty for that too. But it's like that conscious scrolling, like what are you really doing? And that's why one thing that I do, I don't know if you do this, but like one thing that's really important to me is like first thing when I get on Instagram is like I need to do like intentional engagement, like connecting with the right types of people and really make sure that I'm like answering DMs and things like that. So I put it like a daily timer on the Instagram app where it like notifies me. Yeah, it'll notify you and it'll be like, girl, you spent 30 minutes. You spent one hour, however many hours you want it to be. So it's like one of those things that it kind of like flashes you back into reality because you're like, oh shoot, like it's already been an hour? Well, and those hours, that hour flies by. I'm totally with you. Like, you know, a typical schedule for me during the day, like one of the things that I have been so, I guess, committed to is answering all of my DMs. I answer all of them unless it's spam related or some sugar daddy, like you know what I mean? <laughs> like something like that. I, I obviously just delete those messages, but for the most part, I go and comb through all of them. 
And I try to take my time out of my day to answer them and to give not just like your one word answers, but actually interact. And I've had crazy conversations on the daily with tons of people online. I mean, just a few, what it was like two months ago, I had someone who was flying in from Alberta, Aspen Artistry, and we've never met each other. Not once. We've just followed each other for the last five years. And the girl stayed at my place. Like she, like, we had, yeah, I know we had such a great experience. I took her around Toronto and just to know that again, it felt like we've known each other for years, even though we've never physically met. And those are the, like, you can really truly build friendships online and never before has that been a thing, you know, never before have we all felt seemingly so alone and yet so connected at the same time. And like just piggybacking off of what you said with the hours, I truly like on my phone, it's endless scrolling. And I think in the digital age, there's this new trend of passive consumption, which essentially is like everyone's just scrolling and not even paying attention to what they're scrolling about. They're liking and not even realizing what it is that they're liking. And that's why I think it's so important to have conversations like these and podcasts because this is just so much more, I don't even know how to describe it. Like humane. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I think that's a perfect way like to, to describe it. It's just humane. It's more real. It feels more homey. I don't know. It feels more comforting to actually have a voice and speak. I mean, obviously we've never physically met, right? And yet right. here we are on a podcast together and having a great conversation. Digital, oh my gosh, digital can change the world. I, I'm kind of nervous, but excited to see how the next like 15 to 20 years go if our world even makes it <laughs> to that not to be morbid <laughs> it's so true though it's like what especially like we look at Gen Zers right now and it's like the way that they come for brands that are not standing for purposes or missions or things like that it, it's insane in my opinion it's like I feel like my generation it's like nobody would have the courage to like call a brand out and I love this space that we're in because everything with Black Lives Matter with all the things all the movements that we see it's like people are really standing up for things online. So it's like the coolest thing about social media is that you can build genuine connections, but you can also find your people and you can stand up for what you believe in. And it's like the coolest thing ever. To also have this endless amount of educational opportunity online. I mean, everything is within the click of a button, literally in our phones. Like they're so, so powerful. And this is where I get a bit with this double-edged sword because social media can be so powerful and great for that. But then also on the opposite side of it, I mean, cancel culture, what I first thought was going to be this really, really great, powerful movement of people to, I mean, quote unquote, cancel people that are or hold, more so hold people accountable, especially right. people with great influence. I now have I feel as if it's turned into a little bit more of a witch hunt. Right. And if we haven't, we're all human, firstly. We all make mistakes, right? Like that's that's factual. <laughs> no one's perfect, right? And to think that me being judged on things, for example, maybe 10, 15 years ago in comparison to my choices now. I mean, we didn't have, and I, and I don't know about you, but I didn't really, I didn't Google everything when I was like seven years old or 12 or 15. The internet was just starting to develop back then. And if you go back in time at all of our movies and the culture that was happening then, it is so different than now. So I think while cancel culture and, you know, calling people out and holding these brands and people accountable is crucial and important to build more, build a better foundation for our future. 
it's also, we got to give people a chance. You know, we do really have to say, okay, if they did this 10 years ago, but what are they doing now? Right. And with the, the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, to have everyone start voicing their opinions, beautiful, amazing. But what are these brands doing? What are they actually doing to support the cause? Same with influencers. I mean, posting a black square is one thing on your account, but what are you doing behind the scenes? And the the sad part is, is none of, none of us know what people are doing behind the scenes. I mean, unless, unless you really want to go in and analyze how they're distributing, you know, their money or donating or going out and how they volunteer, no one's going to know. Right. Right. So it's also, you know, holding people accountable, but hopefully those people are actually going out and doing better, doing something better for the communities and following up. I mean, actions speak louder than words, so to speak. I was just talking about this on my story today because I myself, I talk a lot of the talk and my walk isn't as, you know, it's not as good of a strut, but I'm working on it. (laughs) And I got to follow through with a lot more of what I say, which I think is super important as well. I love this so much because I feel like it's, it's one of those things. It's like if you are constantly working every single day to just be better the next day, like that's enough. Like it's impossible for us to go from zero to a hundred as a person, as a brand, like it doesn't happen overnight. And I feel like that's one thing that a lot of people, it's like, you want it, you want it now. Like that's the world that we're in. And it's like, yes, it makes sense. And I get it. And it's like, we're trying, but like, you also got to have that kind of like, okay, like, let's see what they do. Like, let them do it in a way that they need to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's one of those things. Like, I I even feel like for myself, like being a Caucasian person and dealing with the Black Lives Matter, like I learned a lot and it's stuff that yes, maybe people think like you should know, but if you haven't been brought up with that kind of knowledge or you don't know a lot about it, like you're really starting from square one and and you're going to ask questions that might not be politically correct. (laughs) Like, and that's the learning phase, you know? So I love that you said that. I, you know, even to go off of that, I was having a conversation with someone when all this was going down. And I grew up in a community where the majority of people at my high school were ethnic. Like, I believe, like, majority was Indian, African-American, Black, so to speak, right? Like, it was majority were people of color. And I had the amazing opportunity to grow up in all these different cultures and learn so much back then, but still not know, I think, the deeper ends of what those communities were struggling with. Again, being white, I have no idea and will never know what it feels like to be a person of color, right? And so I was fortunate in that conversation, you know, I was talking to them and they were saying, yeah, like they grew up in this small town, all white, they had absolutely no idea So although I still was a couple steps ahead in educational views, so to speak, I still have so much to learn. I mean, we all have so much to learn. And I think it's important that, you know, the resources, of course, are are there, but also that we don't attack or criticize when someone is trying to, to understand and learn, because that's what it comes down to. When you're fighting fire with fire, it's just going to be a bigger fire, right? Exactly. I find that when you have an open conversation with someone who has maybe an opposing view, because trust me, I have tons of friends and family members where I've just gone at it. Like I've, my head has blown off because I'm like, how, how in the world, trying not to swear here, how in the (laughs) world do you think that way? Like that just makes no sense to me. And it just comes down to our experiences and how we've all grown up and also our willingness to learn and change 
with what's given to us. I mean, you can read something online, read all these books and learn all these new things, but if you're not applying them into your everyday life, then did you even learn? Did you learn anything? No, probably not, right? It's so true. It is, it is. And I think it it really just goes to show how back in the day, how ignorant I think a lot of us are. And I don't think ignorance should be a word that is taken negatively. I find it actually, and not an excuse either, because now you have everything at your fingertips, so you can learn and it's your willingness to learn. And so when people aren't trying to learn, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what you want me to say or do. If you don't want to go out and do your own research and identify what is wrong quote unquote, with your views, then there's no conversation here. Because at the end of the day, it's just, oh, your opinion is different than my opinion. And if you're not even listening to the facts of what's going on in our countries, then how can you even continue the argument? There is no argument there. That's just someone stuck, stuck in their views and not willing to change. It's so true. And I feel like it's, it's one of those things like, and this really ties into like you constantly sharing your growth on social media. Like you, you're like one of the people that I think of when I think of like actually like self-reflecting and like learning and growing through everything that happens in your life, whether it be like social matters, whether it be movements, whether it be like personal growth. And I feel like as human beings, like we have to get to a point where we want to grow because you can't grow unless you want to, right? Like I just feel like it won't ever happen. Oh, absolutely. And I think that with social media and growth in general, I mean, not just as a person, but growth as a business, it's so crucial for people to identify where the trends are going, what's happening, and know like in order to take yourself mentally, spiritually, you know, business, all that from point A to point B, you've got to learn more, challenge yourself. You're going to make mistakes. And that's why, you know, cancel culture and all that, we're going to make mistakes. You're not going to learn from those or grow and blossom into a better version of yourself unless you take those risks, you know, meet those challenges and and really hold yourself to a new standard. And unfortunately, when you live your life online, that standard is open to be criticized by everyone. And I've been fortunate enough to not get as much backlash. I mean, I don't think, I think the worst thing that happened to me was getting reposted on Anastasia and everyone was up in arms that I wore a gray lipstick. (laughs) I was like, okay, everyone chill. Like it's a look, okay. It looks cool. And how dare you? (laughs) But, but then on the other side of it, it was all these positive comments, right? So it's, it just goes hand in hand. Everyone's going to have their opinion no matter what. And it just comes down to you yourself and what you want to do and how you want to grow as a person. If you want to stay stuck in, you know, an endless cycle of the same old BS, then that's your choice. But if you want to grow with the world and hopefully a more positive viewing world, then you got to get with the times, you know, start Googling, start researching. And also in addition to that, Just because you see something online, even if it's on your favorite influencer's page, double check it, fact check. Like there's countless times where even I've posted something and someone will inbox me and be like, uh, actually this person is profiting off of this or this person is, uh, like whatever was it was intended to do. It's actually doing something completely different. And I think that's important too, because we just blindly follow, literally follow all these people and no one ever takes the back route to be like, okay, but is that true? And are these facts correct? And again, that's where everything gets wishy-washy and oh my gosh, it can uncover a lot of weeds. Um, And not everyone also has the time 
to sit down on their computer. So you trust all these people blindly, right? Right. It's like one of those things, like, like just double check it before you post it, because if it's not right, then like you look dumb at the end of the day. Like I look dumb all the time. Girl, me too. But like, honestly, I I swear it's so funny because it's, I guess it's just like this online space. Like we follow people, we love and trust them and we take their word for everything. Right. And sometimes it just can't happen like that. Cause sometimes it's like, you got to double check, especially when it comes to like political matters or like, like you were saying, like cancel culture, like Nobody really knows the full story. And even if you do Google everything, you're going to get like 30 different, you know, sides of a story. So I feel like it's one of those things, like always have an open mind with what you're posting and check what you're posting before you post it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that even goes to reviews. You know how many times I have trusted another influencer with their suggestions only to be hella disappointed. (laughs) Um, I, I got my nails done. Oh my God. I think this was back when the nail salons had just opened back out and I haven't had a damn manicure or pedicure <laughs> in what feels like six years and I'm dead serious like I, I just don't okay and so I go online I research all the cool spots I'm like I'm gonna treat myself and no one judge me for this okay it has been years this manicure and pedicure cost me like $180 Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I with for that amount of money, Justin Bieber better be painting my goddamn toenails. Like I <laughs> it was and it was just it wasn't a great experience and I think I built myself up to all these expectations because all these influencers go there. And then I realized very quickly, I I mean even myself as an influencer, I have to realize that these people are getting comped and some people aren't as honest as others and some people might say a good review just because it's bias. Of course they're going to have a good review because they're going to have the most excellent accommodations because they know this influencer is coming in and they're going to treat them with the utmost respect. But in reality, that might not be how their business is on the day to day. So I was super disappointed about that. And now I'm even more careful because it was the first time I was like, I'm really going to trust a few influencers to go and get my nails done. And y'all failed me. How (laughs) dare you? How dare you? And I mean, that that just goes to the whole honesty and stuff online. I don't think influencers purposely go out and try to do quote unquote fake reviews or anything like that. I just think that their experience can be a lot different than the day-to-day consumer. And that that sucks. And that's more so the business side of things as opposed to the influencer's fault. Because obviously the business should be treating everyone the exact same. I mean, there's tons of influencers who feel entitled to getting the top quality service when it's like, you're not JLo. Like we're all, we all lead the same way, you know? And it kind of sucks because I wish that more businesses almost did like undercover, you know, like undercover boss, but like undercover, right. like, you know, influencers or consumers. Ooh, that might be Girl, a cool that's little... a series for you. An oh. IGTV series. I just... Wait a second. Yes. I just came up with a great idea. Okay, Brittany, I'm stealing. This is you my idea. To do it's, it. it's doing like an under an undercover nail series of all the nails. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, this is what I'm saying. And I actually know a YouTuber and her name is Gabby DiMartino. I don't know if you know her. She does fancy vlogs by Gabby. And she literally has done this so many times where she like won't DM people when she's like going into a nail salon or whatever, a massage place. She'll call them so they don't know who she is. And she'll go in and she'll do like an actual like, okay, this is what happened when I went there. And that's the kind of stuff that I want to see. Girl, you totally should do a series called The Undercover Influencer. 
Like you oh totally should. My gosh. When we get off of this, I'm literally going to write that down because what a great idea. And also I think it just goes to show, okay, listen, on the influencers perspective, a lot of these influencers get excited. Like stuff is for free. So they go in, they want to get it comped, all these different treatments. Like I totally get the idea. Everyone likes something for free, but when it comes to your reviewing and recommending to an audience, like, oh, it's so important to be authentic and to have that unbiased opinion. And now that I'm thinking about it, even like PR, you get sent PR, by the way, we're not, we're not uh, like expected to review anything. Like they send it, they hope we talk about it, but there's a big chance that it either does or doesn't end up on our channels. Right. And just speaking with that, a lot of people who get PR just to stay on the PR list, they don't want to say anything bad about a product because God forbid if they get taken off a PR list. And I'm like, but that is how you build trust in your community. That's how brands actually probably want to send you more product because of the fact that you're being open about what works. Not every brand has 10 out of 10 product reviews. You have some brands that are good for one thing. Another brand brand might be good for another thing. And that's, there's enough pie, so to speak for everyone, you know? Right. And I feel like almost like too, I feel like as a brand, like you should want to know if something's not working for a certain person. You should want to know that. I know in terms of product development. I mean, that's why I really trust Samantha. Obviously, you're probably familiar with Samantha Ravendahl and her beauty reviews because she just she's super open and honest and she's not doing it in a I mean, I think some probably influencers might do it in a way to get views. Like, you know, the whole like, oh my God, like remember the whole Jaclyn Hill thing and like everyone was doing (laughs) reviews on Jaclyn Hill. Totally get it. But that's one review and you're jumping on a bandwagon as opposed to continuously uploading reviews and being so honest with like what works and what doesn't work. There's a big difference. I never trust an influencer that everything is amazing. Like this is the best product. I'm like, is it? Is it, <laughs> is it really like you said that about like the last 19 drugstore mascaras I don't know if I believe you at this point right <laughs> so it's really important again like don't trust me don't trust you don't trust anyone go out and like make sure you can return the product if you don't like it <laughs> I always say I'm like buy from Sephora because if you try something that <laughs> I recommend and you don't like it like do not blame me just return it I love real reviews like if something doesn't work and like another person that does like you've probably seen her videos, Tati Beauty. And she does, she's so good because she'll literally review something and she'll be like, this is what I didn't like. But from this brand, here's a different product that I really do like by them because it like balances the scale. You know what I mean? Like you're not shit talking a brand, but you're also like letting people know like this product isn't the best from their line. And there's ways to also go about that. Like having a product, I have dry skin. Well, now it's a bit more oily because of the whole masks and whatnot. But when I was reviewing products, a lot of the times if I put on foundation, it made me look super dry. In my head, automatically, I'm saying to myself, this product is complete and utter crap. But in the reality, for someone who has super oily skin, it's going to work it's going to work beautifully for them. So it's also just having that perspective. And I think you also hit it on the nail uh, on the head with Tati. I think she's really, really good at identifying what's working for her, what doesn't work for her and what's going to work for her audience. Right. And understand that not everyone's got the same skin, you know, like it's very hard to find. I mean, how many foundations are out there, right? Like, oh my God, the limit does not exist. (laughs) Seriously. The limit does not exist. (laughs) 
So funny. It has been such an honor having you, girl. This has been such a juicy episode. I've got one last question for you, and it's what is your favorite boss girl quote and why? Oh, okay. My absolute favorite. I have two. Can I say two? Of course you can, girl. You could say three if you wanted to because I love you. I have you. a list of like <laughs> 45. No, I'm joking. The first one is only dead fish follow the stream. And that's something that I came across. I think it was like on a Tumblr. Like this is back in like 2010. But I just, I, I really <laughs> connected with that even though it is sounding a bit morbid it reminds me that when you're following everyone else you're probably not growing into like your own person so that was kind of a quote that I I really lived by for a while and then the other one that is my absolute favorite is more of a business quote and it is that you don't chase the money you chase the passion And me and my dad butt heads about that quote all the time because he's a business guy, he's all numbers. And I've always believed that the numbers, the money, and all that will follow as long as you're following your passion. And regardless, I find that monetary value isn't as valuable as, say, happiness. As long as I got a roof over my head and I can afford the things I want to do, then I'm doing things right and I'm successful in that. So I really think that your audience should know, don't always follow the money. Like, you know, you don't want in 15 years to end up not being happy and you could have all the money in the world but not be happy with your life and I think that is the best advice I could probably give people out there I love those both so much. And first of all, the one that you said, dead fish. What did you say? Yeah, only dead fish follow the stream. I've never heard that one before. So first of all, I love that. But also it's so true and it's so crazy because I feel like it's like I would rather, you know, live humbly and do what I love rather than like be rich and hate my life. Yeah, and, and when you do follow what you love, the money is going to come. Like I'm trying to tell people this all the time. Like as long as you're doing what you love, the money is there. You're never going to to be, you know, not having an abundance of money. As long as you're just putting out what you love, it's going to come to you no matter what. It's just going to come to you. That's the universe, the law of attraction, baby. It's going to come right back to you. It's so true. And if Tiffany and co can sell a paperclip for, I think like, what is it? A thousand dollars, 300, something crazy like that. I think it's (laughs) 1500. Like if if they can do that girl, you can follow your passion. In a few years, I'm going to, I'm going to chat with you and you are going to be, you'll have a million Tiffany and co little paper clips ready to ready to go <laughs> oh my god but anyway ready to like put together my exactly papers. exactly <laughs> that is so amazing thank you so much jessica tell us how we can stay connected with you yeah so i have you know social media i've got the good old youtube and instagram and oh gosh tiktok twitter it's just there's so many things these days but on all of them i am at the blonde man and blonde has an e and man has two ends. A lot of people ask me about that. My last name is man (laughs) with two ends. So you can follow me there. And I also have my own business. If you are a small business and you need some help in the digital media area, you can contact Relatable Agency. That's kind of my new endeavor and something I'm super passionate about right now. I love that so much. Thank you so much again, girl. Guys, make sure you go ahead and follow and connect with Jessica. Thank you again, girl, for taking the time. And I hope that you guys really enjoyed this episode. Until next time, stay social. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Hey Social Babes podcast. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it to your Instagram stories. And until next time, stay social.